This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, this is Sarah Hart, and welcome to Prime Spark. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to have us all live our happiest, most fulfilling lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get started now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Patty Smith, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Patty grew up in North Dakota on a farm, working in fields with her dad or helping him in his taxidermy shop. Her mom was a nurse and therefore Patty pursued nursing and went to Pacific Lutheran University to obtain her BSN. Patty moved to Fort Collins, Colorado in 1975 from Tucson, where she had been working at Tucson Medical Center. She began her nursing career at the local hospital, PVH, managing the emergency room. Her main passion is her family, her husband, Stephen, of 44 years, and her three sons and her grandchildren. Patty's additional passion is supporting girls and women. Patty worked at the local hospital for 15 years and began her education teaching career at the Larimer County Vocational Technical Center. She began teaching full-time when Front Range Community College moved to Fort Collins. Patty was hired to teach the High School Health Careers Introduction Program. Patty felt that her calling was to help the students learn the skills to become the employee who would receive a promotion. Patty received several awards during her tenure at Front Range Community College as a faculty member. Patty was an Army Reservist RN and participated in the first Gulf War in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Patty, a health education consultant, has completed a 20-year career with her own business, Healthcare from the Heart Consulting. Patty joined the Zonta Club of Fort Collins 10 years ago, and during that time has helped to initiate several programs. She began the Her Legacy, Women of Fort Collins Historic Public Women's Art Education Exhibit under her Zonta Club. This is now Living Her Legacy, a 501c3. It is the first historic public, very visible art slash education exhibit recognizing women's accomplishments in the community and in Colorado. We are recognizing women, inspiring girls. 
Living Her Legacy aims to create a generation of change makers who will impact their communities and the girls who come behind them with the women's art exhibit and the education programs for girls. You can learn more about Patty at www.livingherlegacy.org. Hi, Patty. I'm so happy you're here today. Hi, Sarah. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to this. So just in getting started, Patty, will you tell me, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is it like? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? Well, uh, my answer is yes, I do feel the effects of getting older. I walk up the stairs and both my knees creak. And that runs in the family. So it was only a matter of time till that was going to occur. And I find at times when I'm out and about and I meet people that I know, their names don't come to me quite as readily as they used to. And I've been very active. I mean, I was an outdoor enthusiast. Of course, growing up on the farm, we were outdoors all the time. Um, and I hiking and those types of things, um, but not so much in the last 20 years, needless to say. Um, so yes, I do feel the effects of aging. Probably not as much as I'd like to admit, but they are there. And how about when people say, Oh, gosh, Patty, another birthday. Oh. Oh, no. I um, Every morning when I get up, my prayer is, thank you for another day. Good for you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to support somebody else today, and thank you for giving me another day. You know, I, um, I feel the same way. I um, had a birthday last week. And I don't know how many people in one way or another said, oh, don't they come fast? And oh, that's that. And right. I, I love birthdays. Bring them on. And then I, you yes. know, I said to somebody, would you rather have the alternative? Um, you know, and I, I just I don't I don't get it. It's for me. Getting older is a gift that a lot of women mm -hmm. in this world don't have. Right. And oh, my so gosh. To me, it is a gift as well. I mean, it's it's another day I get to play with my grandchildren. It's another day I get to spend with my family. Um, so, yes, so it's a gift. I agree with you. So, Patty, tell us about what passion you followed into your retirement. I love what you're doing now. And I, I would like you to explain it and how you got to that point. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, as Sarah mentioned, my website, Living Her Legacy, in 2013, I was in, I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, in Denver, and I took a wrong turn um, from the convention center to get to my car, where it was parked in downtown Denver. And under the service drive, under the overhang, I, wa I saw 80 beautiful mosaic portraits, 40 men and 40 women with no sign. So I went home and looked it up, and it's called the Colorado Panorama, and it ended up being these 80 individuals who it stated had something to do with the foundation of the state of Colorado. And so I looked at it again during the year and I thought, you know, I've been, I was in, in Zonta, this international women's service organization at that time. Um, and I thought if they can do that in Denver, why can't we do that in Fort Collins and only recognize women's accomplishments? Because at that time we only had one street sign that had a woman's name on it in our community. Um, and so I, 
I called a friend of mine who'd been the mayor, previous mayor of a town just south of us and said, I have this little idea. Let's, will you join me for a cup of tea and let's talk about this? So that's how it got started. She referred me to, as we all know, it's all about relationships in life and how things happen for us or, or to us or with us. So what I, what happened was we met. She introduced me to a young man who used to be her employee when she was the mayor of um, this little town. Not, she's not so little anymore, but Loveland, Colorado, south of us. And he happened to be the downtown um, executive director of our whole downtown, old town area. So I met with him and it went from there and there. And three months later, they, he called me back and he said, you've been approved to be able to be part of our old town renovation project. And um, Ed Stoner, who at that time has since retired, but he was the head of all of the old town properties in our old town area. Ed went to Cooper Smith's owner, Dwight, on your behalf. And we've you have been approved to create use the outside windows of his poolside brewery. So we are the entrance, the uh, excuse me, the um, renovation project to the east entrance of our old town part of our community. And it's um, very exciting and it's very nerve wracking. I sat there that day when they said you're approved and I looked at my little piece of paper with uh, some minor drawings on it with only an idea. And I thought, oh my gosh, those are beautiful black windows that are taller than I am. What are we going to do? <laughs> So we had a single mom mentor program at that time in our Zonta Club, and I had been paired with um, a young lady who had moved up here, a single mom, to go to Colorado State University to get her Master's of Fine Art. So I called Rachel and I said, Rachel, I've been approved to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I know nothing about art. Will you please help me? So that's how we got started. And and that was in, um, that. so that took, you know, at least half of 2013, and then in, uh, no, in, um, into middle of 2014. So I had to do a presentation to our Fort Collins Historic Preservation Services Department in December of 2014 to show them what we were going to do. Well, we had nothing. I had this little idea. So my husband one night said, as he's watching sports, he said, why don't you um, recognize Becky Hammond? I was talking to Rachel about, we need a picture, we need a portrait, we need something to show these individuals who are going to approve this, or that we, we, they won't know and we don't know what we're doing yet. So um, Becky Hammond is a huge basketball star at our university internationally, and she is the first woman hired to be an assistant coach in the NBA. And so she's one of, she is one of our legacy honors. She's our first one. So I called the university and tried to find somebody who could get me contact information to her. And um, nobody called me back, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh. So it got to be August and I told Rachel, I said, I found a really nice photo of her online that I could snatch off there and I'll send it to you. Do me a favor and just create a portrait like you're going to, this woodcut reduction process of her using this photo with her holding a basketball. And I was raised by a mother who said, do what you need to do as long as you don't hurt anybody. So I said, I'm going to use that mantra that my mother taught me, and I eventually will get to meet her and ask her for her approval to use her image. So we did the PowerPoint, and I used this beautiful portrait that um, she had created, and it took me till 
the middle of 2016 to get her signed contract that it was okay to use her image because I, I was finally introduced to her agent in New York City who managed everything for her. So um, it, it's been, um, I guess, a process of patience and um, suppressing the anxiety and, and just putting one foot in front of the other to move forward. And so today we have recognized 48 notable women in our community. They don't all live here. There are some deceased and some contemporary women, but they're all from Northern Colorado. And we will be recognizing all 48 on the north side of Cooper Smith's Brewery eventually. So during COVID, last year we got to put up the first four portraits. Now the end of April, April 24th, we're putting up the next four portraits. And then end of September, we'll put up the next four portraits and so on. It'll be a rotating permanent exhibit because it takes my artist, Rachel, 20 to 30 hours per portrait from a photograph. So she needs six months in between doing these, um, to help us with these portrait installations. And because I was have been in education for 30 years, I never wanted just pictures on a wall. That wasn't something that appealed to me. So I taught my first girl leaders program last year during COVID from February to the end of August. And it's meant for girls 16 to 19 and teen moms from underserved populations. So that was wonderful. And then at the end of April, we're starting our fifth grade girl role model art workshop at a boys and girls club um, here in town. And so we will be working with three nonprofits for this elementary school role model art workshop. And then next year, the school year, we'll start with Title I elementary schools and after school programs. Now it's basically, our programs are geared towards girls, um, but we don't leave the boys out entirely, but they're really basically geared for mostly girls because that's uh, where my passion is. Patty, I've got about 10 questions and all that to ask you. Um, that is such a, oh, the whole beginning is such a wonderful example of when somebody says, can you do this? You say, yes. And then you figure out, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's wonderful. So I don't have a clear image yet of the, where the pictures are. Where are the portraits? Just okay, describe so that old, again. Yes. So we have an old town part of our community. Mm -hmm. that they have um, a little, sta uh, like a bandstand where we have concerts in the summer down there in Old Town. And, um, and then on one of the breweries that are down there, on the outside of their building are these beautiful windows that are five feet high and four feet wide. And there are six of them. That's where our portraits are going to be. Okay. So it's on one of the walkways into this Old Town part of um, Fort Collins. So the, the portraits are inside. They're not on the no, side of the building. They're outside on the outside of the building. Oh, they are on the outside. Yes. On yes. the outside of the windows? Yes, they are. And they are um, graffiti protected and weatherproofed, and um, they're meant to be permanent. So for right now, they're on laminate that sticks to the windows. But we have a, a sculptor working with us, and she has created beautiful bronze frames to go around the windows. Wonderful. And so next year, we'll get the bronze frames finished, paid for by the end of this year and put those up. And then at that time, when we put up the uh, portraits next, starting next year in 2023, they will be on graffiti protected, weatherproofed metal panels. Like you see in a park that has the, the stands with the little sayings on them or in a churchyard. Yeah. They are 50 year weatherproofed graffiti protected panels. 
So when you, I'm, I'm thinking back to that first time you were, went on, on an underpass and saw these pictures and there was no way of knowing what these pictures were. Is there, um, is, are, are there identifications of who these people are and what they did with their portraits or how do people know who they are and what they did? Well, you know, I haven't been down there in years, so I don't know if there's a sign up there now, but there was no sign in 2013. Right. And it was a woman artist who was commissioned from 1989 to 1991 to create these 80 beautiful mosaic portraits. And they were installed on the side of this very public building, albeit where people don't see it. But on but on your portraits, are there is it is there a description? Oh, on our portraits. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, we have their names on them. We have a QR code so they can go to our, get to our website to read about them. Right. We have bios and um, we will have um, verbal interviews with each of our legacy honorees, um, either with a family member or with the living um, legacy honoree. So, yes, our website has um, the 48 legacy honorees and all their background information, right. what they've accomplished on our website. How are, how are you decide who goes on the on in the, who how do you decide who's a legacy? Okay, so how we did that is we had over a hundred community members nominate women. We put it out through social media, what was there at that time, in the newspaper. Most of it was in the newspaper and a magazine in town, and then word of mouth that we had this project and we needed individuals in our community to nominate women they thought should be recognized for their impact in our community. And so at our first event in April of 2015, we had about 30 women show up. Um, and we told them, basically, we don't know what we're doing. We need your input on how to start this project. And at that time, I mean, they gave us good ideas. And at, at that event, there was a lady who was a life coach who volunteered her time. That summer, she spent over five hours with four of us. We had four of us volunteers at that time in 2014 or 2000, yes, 2015. And she um, helped us over those four hours create our mission and our vision statement. So then we had a foundation of which to move forward. Right. And, and then we and had, after the, that, pardon me? And in the mission statement, it was what, uh, what were, what the requ quote requirements were to be a legacy? Yes, so we had three criteria, right. and then we had our um, mission statement that she helped us with, which is basically, in a nutshell, is um, we are recognizing women's accomplishments so we can inspire girls' futures. That, that, that gives me chills. I think that's so wonderful. So have you been able, this, this kind of thing is so hard to do, but have you been able to measure in any way the impact it's had. I mean, it seems to me it would have a huge impact, especially on little girls. Well, we haven't been able to have, we had our first education program last fall. Right. And now we'll start with our elementary school education programs this fall. So it's taken us a while to get to the point where we could actually hold the education programs. Right. So, but from the one we did last fall, we've had rave reviews um, from a grandparent, a mother, right. father, and um so yeah, it was it was highly successful. So what um what do you what is taught in that? So in that in that girl leaders program for the high school age girls, is I use a lot of what I taught I taught for twelve years at Front Range Community College in the program to introduce students to the healthcare profession from ten high schools. So it's um 
work skills, like as you mentioned, how to become the employee that uh, would be offered the promotion. It's um, mindfulness. I use the Calm app. I'm a very unconventional educator. The Calm app is a, a wonderful app that teaches about mindfulness. And these young women need to learn how to take care of themselves at a young age. And so we listened to one meditation, 10 minute meditation at the end of every class period. And our class met every Monday night from 5 to 8 p.m. through that time frame. Um, we also cover, um, I have speakers. I had a lady come in and um, interview the student as if she was applying for a job. Um, I had a lady from um, another organization that came in and spoke to the students about um, financial education and how to manage their checkbook and things like that. So we, I involve the community as well. We talk about character. Um, in Fort Collins, many, many years ago, there was a nonprofit called Character Fort Collins. And every Sunday in the paper, they wrote about a different character trait and asked the people in our community to practice that character trait. So in each of our classes with this, um, this class that I taught last year, we had a character trait for each week that we talked about and how it related to their life and how it related to their work life. So it really covered a broad spectrum of, and then of, of content. And they also have to do a community service project. And so we made 30 gratitude journals and donated them to 30 fifth grade students, boys and girls at an elementary school. Fantastic. So Patty, <laughs> if somebody is listening to you and thinking, I can't do all of that in my community, but I would like to do something. What would be a suggestion you would have for how a woman might do something that maybe isn't on the scale that you're doing, but still might have an impact? Well, they could. Um, it's, it's important for young girls to hear how women have gotten to where they are today with the ups and downs. So they can volunteer to, and every, every community I'm sure has nonprofits that support underserved populations. They can volunteer to go in and do art projects with them if they have art projects and just sit and visit with, with these young women. They could volunteer to be a speaker in a Title I elementary school. Do you know what a Title I elementary school is? No. It's the schools that have the highest amount of free and reduced lunch offerings. Um, and that's why we chose those to work with as well. Right. Um, so they could just volunteer to be a speaker in a classroom even. Um, they could, um, there are, I'm sure there are many reading programs in schools. They could volunteer to read with um, elementary school students and, and, and share their life story with them and get to know the student and how they've grown up and those kinds of things. Any contact with a young girl or a young high school girl would be very beneficial. Yeah, I had um, I was speaking to somebody uh, not too long ago, and she was remarking that she had been speaking to a group of young people, and none of them had contact with any older people. Mm -hmm. um, their parents and their parents' friends, but nobody older than that, because um, the way that life is now, there aren't there weren't grandparents around. There weren't you know, and so. Right. And so they didn't have any contact with any older people. And um, I found that really sad because like my grand, my grandparents were really important to me. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't like to generalize to the world, but I do think it's important to, 
for young people to have contact with, yeah, for especially, I'm interested in girls and women. So for young mm-hmm. girls to have contact with older women, I think is important. Well, of all the things you're doing, Patty, you are doing so many things. What, what's your favorite thing you're doing? Playing with my uh, grandchildren. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the ability to be able to be in a classroom setting again with young girls. I'm so excited that we were able to get our first girl leaders program off the ground and then to be able to start this fifth grade girl role model art workshop the end of April. Um, I love education and I love working with um, young women of all ages. And I've been blessed to work with an elementary school during my, when I had my business and with high school students. Have you run into any roadblocks at all because of your age? Um, social media. <laughs> I never thought in my seventies I'd be learning Facebook and Instagram and um, how to do videos with a program called Streamyard and you know these kinds of things. Podcasting. I had no clue what that word even meant. Um, so social media is my biggest hurdle. Right. But you're doing it. Yes, it's one day at a time. Yeah. It's always good to learn something new every day. I think that's absolutely right. I think that keeps us going. So what are dreams you haven't realized yet? Do you still have dreams for things? Oh, yes. Um, Traveling with my entire family. You know, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that down the road, but that's a dream that I've always had is that we could all go. um, And my dream was that our whole family could go um, to Europe and play golf at St. Andrews because we're a a golfing family. Um, so, and I, I'm, I was raised that big dreams are important. They don't have to be realistic, but you just have to be able to dream. And that's what we teach these girls too. It's important to be able to dream and not feel like everything is unattainable. You know, there might be small pieces of it that you can do. Like when we get together, I have three sons and my husband, so we have a natural foursome. So when we go visit one son, then I get to play golf with him too. So, you know, it's the little things in life that are um, so rewarding. Right. Yes. And, and of course, my ability to be able to um, connect with these girls, young girls that I'm going to be able to meet along this path with this nonprofit. Do you see differences in young people now as compared with when we were growing up? Mm-hmm. I do. One of one of the things is they're so into their telephones, their cell phones, you know, and part of the communication gap there is they're more into their cell phones than they are face-to-face communication is what I see. Because um, even when I taught years ago, I had my students drop their cell phones in a box as they walked in the door. And I said, you know, you're here. We're going to communicate and talk to each other. Um, We don't need your cell phones to do that with. So that's one of the main things I see. When our boys were growing up involved in sports and we drove them every place, I feel so blessed now that we didn't have that kind of technology. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have videos in our cars, um, you know, those kinds of things. I think it's really important for young adults to learn how to communicate and look people in the eye I used to teach my students how to shake hands, you know, and um, where to wear their name tag, the basic things in life, um, because those are basic communication skills 
that everybody needs to know. They know how to have to know how to carry on a conversation and how to ask questions. I think that's so important for young adults, especially in the world of work. Yeah. Uh, and are is that part of what you're teaching in what you're teaching now? Yes. Is face-to-face -face communication? It is. What, what reaction do you get from young people? Well, the I had um, last year because of COVID, I had four young ladies who applied to take the class. I only have 10 at a time. And I, I thought, oh, I was so excited. And they were all from nonprofits that were referred to me. Well, I ended up with one young lady. Uh, one had legal problems. One had health issues. One was a professional skateboarder and had to do things for her two um, sponsors. And so she would miss half the class. So she's going to come back this next year. And, and so the young lady who stayed with me had been raised in foster care and um, and from a very young age. And she was a teenager. Um, and so, yes, so there it's 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 it raises questions on why do we have to do this? You know, why is it important? Um, and that's good because it creates dialogue about right. how you get along in the real world. It, yes, it does that. And it also, um, I mean, I think one of the things, one of the most important things we can teach young people is to think for themselves. Yes. Uh, because I think that's, I think right now we're seeing in spades what happens when people aren't thinking for themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, so if they're saying, why is that important? That's good. You know, it is. because yes. they're just not accepting you're saying this is important. So, right. Yeah. No, those critical thinking skills are so very important. Yeah. goes along with everything else to help them be successful in life and in the world of work. So when you leave this earth, Patty, which is going to be very long time into the future, what do you hope your legacy will be? It could be a lot of things, but, but what do you most hope? That I have been uh, a positive role model for my grandchildren. And secondarily, that I've had some type of a positive impact on these young women that I have met and will be able to meet going forward. And that they've been able to meet other women that might create long-term relationships for them with an older woman in their life, potentially. Wonderful. That's... And your next steps with this big project for you? Is um, raising money to pay for the rest of my beautiful bronze frames. I'm a risk taker. I had no idea what sculptors sculptors cost. And um, she's a wonderful gift and very patient, as, as is the foundry. And um, so, yeah, so that's the main thing. And then um, we right now are blessed. We have a two-page ad in a local beautiful art magazine asking our community to consider donating $2,500 per portrait to sponsor one of these women's portraits to help us pay for, to get this art exhibit put up in our community. So that everybody in our community has an opportunity to leave a legacy in our community Wonderful. by inspiring young girls through this art exhibit as well. Have you noticed if it's gotten any harder raising money with COVID or, or hasn't it had an impact? Oh, I think so. But you know, my, my, <laughs> uh, I'm not a fundraiser. I mean, I don't consider myself a fundraiser as a nurse. Of course, I'm not taught to ask people for things. I was taught to provide a service. So that's been my greatest challenge is I can share my passion, but when it comes to the end to ask somebody to please donate, um, 
I'm trying, I, I have learned, I'm trying to let my passion speak for myself. So I'm not necessarily asking with my handout. Um, but so that's my biggest challenge is, is fundraising. And I don't know if I've noticed it so much differently because grants have never really worked for us, um, you know, from some local banks they have. But most of the individuals that I've met with over the years are individuals or small businesses that I've met through my relationships. I've been in town for since 1975, a long time, and I belong to several organizations and our local chamber as well. So I've met a lot of wonderful individuals who have supported us on this road to um, creating this legacy for our community. Wonderful. Well, that's our time, Patty. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us today. Please join us again. Uh, you can find our Prime Spark podcast at every major outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Patty Smith. And as we've said a couple times, you can find out more about her at www.livingherlegacy.org. Is that the best way for people to contact you, Patty? It probably it's probably it's very short. It's easier than my my email or okay. my phone number. So yes. So it's the website's w best. Yeah, www.livingherlegacy.org. So thank you for being with us today. Take thank care. Thank you. Thank you yes. so very You're much. Welcome. Thank nice, you. Nice, very nice to meet you. Nice. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Happy spring, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn 
flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.